Hey, pelvic posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda and Morgan. We have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally our jam. Here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That is pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about issues that may arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. We are so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm Amanda, and today we have the lovely ladies from the Counseling Collaborative. We have Kelsey and Donna. Thank you guys for being here. We are truly excited to have you on the show, and I just got done telling them this is long overdue, guys. They should have been on here a long time ago, so the fact that it is finally aligning and happening um, makes us very happy, makes our public floors happy. Yes. Well, thanks so much for having us. We are so excited to be here and we share the same community. So it's so nice to be able to collaborate with partners like you. So thank thank you. Well, tell our audience um, who you guys are and how you guys got started because online guys, if you guys aren't following them on Instagram, you should, you guys look like just such a lovable bunch of gals, like your besties next door. And I really wish we had you guys next door here because it would be truly phenomenal. That would be great. That's a dream. (laughs) Let's do a second office. Thanks for bringing that up. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, um, again, we do appreciate it. This is Donna and, um, I will tell you a little bit about me and then I'll let Kelsey, I won't talk about her. I'll let her kind of tell a little bit about her background, but yeah, we began the practice in January of 2021. And I had to actually ask Kelsey, what year was that? COVID has been long. Oh my Lord. <laughs> it's yes. been like a time warp in some yes. ways. So, and it has, it really exploded. We never anticipated how this would go. And I think the first few months, well, the first couple of months we were saying to ourselves, we started to go out and meet, um, build relationships and meet people. And we were just surprised and shocked about how people just welcomed us into the community of just wanting to serve women. And we had kind of worked in areas where we didn't get to experience that in the same way. And so we were like, wow. And at this point we're like, we're part of this and we're bringing other people into the fold. So that has been the biggest difference in how we do our work and the relationships we build. It's just been phenomenal. So we're not surprised or shocked anymore. It's kind of reinstilled our faith about just like we as women can come together and serve other women in special and unique ways that maybe they've never seen before. So that's been a big part of our journey and it has grown really, really quickly. In fact, it was, um, I'm co-owner and also a therapist here at the practice. And we have added besides Kelsey and I, we have two other clinicians that we've added on. And at every pivot, we're like, we need, we need more, uh, staff to help our grown so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Little did we know. I mean, we're, we were going out really on an idea and something we've been talking about for a long time, a leap of faith of what we wanted to do. And we just, there's a need. And I know that you recognize that too. And so it's been, it's been great. Every part about it from the relationships we've built to the ability to serve women and just how we're employing women that are just, their heart is there. And that's part of what we've loved as well. So a year we celebrated our one 
one year anniversary in January. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we're really excited about that and and hope to do more things. We've been, as you know, it's you get kind of behind closed doors serving clients and the day gets away from you. And so we really are walking into this year and into 2023 being intentional about providing other services beyond individual counseling, because that's our mainstay of what we offer. So we are adding some community groups. So I'll come back to that. Um, but then we are finishing up or we just finished up this week. Um, it was a wake up wind down and it was a 30 minute really skill building program where we just offered skills as a taste to what they might get when they were in session to us, because not everyone can get here. Um, yeah. consistently. Maybe they're not in a place to do that for whatever the reasons are. So we want to offer different things to women who are in different places. So we were really excited about that. We've got a lot of really good feedback. We might do that again, but groups and then just continuing to add to our staff and offer more services and hours and opportunities for women. So that's kind of like what we're doing. My background consists of other private practice work, community mental health, college counseling, just a little bit of everything. And I think we're pretty, we have a lot of parallel in our office, yeah. but then also there's some diversity here. So we pull from lots of different backgrounds and it's great because we're consulting and supporting each other and it's been phenomenal. And truly empowering staff, right? Cause it, I mean, yes. you can see that in your old social media and the fact that that's actually happening. I mean, people have to be feeling that when they're in your office or working with you guys as well. We hope so. And I think, I mean, that's, that is our hope. And that is why we created this. We wanted to create a space where women felt connected and heard. And with our lived and professional experience, this is what kind of like going into, this is what we knew that we wanted. And we knew there was a need, but then being met with women, the reason that this is working and the reason we are growing is because women are saying yes to themselves. Like they are saying like, yes, I want to take care of myself. I want something different for me. They have the strength. It is hard to reach out and say, I need help. Like that is so hard. And women are doing that. And to see growth and the change in the stigma happen, that is why this is working. And just giving credit to the women out there who are making a change for their life and saying, I want this to be different. It doesn't have to be this way is a beautiful and incredible thing that we get to witness every single day and is just like, makes us burst here. <laughs> and kind of a, like COVID's kind of a blessing in disguise for you guys. Cause if you think about like all of us kind of went, excuse my language, like batshit crazy over COVID, especially if you had families, like okay. I was like, am I okay? Am I okay? I'm watching everyone else behave the same way or, you know, on social media that it was like, Ooh, we could really use some help on the mental health side. And that's when we really like, we shut down as a clinic, but went back in office because our pelvic pain patients are patients that were dealing more with the emotional side of things and dealing with all this anxiety and stress that popped up with the world that was supposed to only shut down for two weeks. And it just kept continuing on and on. And you realize, well, goodness, a lot of us are in the same boat and dealing with the same things that we could all use help in somebody like you guys. Yeah. So Our minds and bodies are connected. And I don't think we realize how much they impact and influence each other until we start treating one. And then it, we notice that the, it impacts the other. And so they work together and being able to address both simultaneously. That's where women feel relief to be yes. able to address both at the same time. So yeah, that speaks volumes of like when we are isolated, pain increases because our minds and bodies go together. Yes. And this is where guys, if you are in the prenatal postpartum stage and feeling like, is this what everybody feels like? Is this normal? Is this common? Um, 
seek help. We offer it to our patients, every single patient that comes in. Um, we cannot be the only ones to help improve public health. It is such a dynamic of a team where we are working with counseling. Maybe it's lactation. It's your um, birth provider. There's so many more people that play into this aspect of all ships rising up together versus we can't just have one of us or we're going to be like a lopsided tire. So make sure that you have a whole bunch of different people on your team. Um, it's not seen as a weakness. It's how do we help lift you up and support you from all different angles. Thank you, ladies. Um, how did you guys get into like your passion being where you guys are today uh -huh. within yeah. this group and this building? Yeah, that really goes back to lived experience and then seeing how that pairs with professional experience. We have both gone through, I mean, motherhood and losses and what that looks like in adjusting and feeling isolated and having very different experiences in motherhood, but also how much we could relate and the feelings and the emotions that come in really different experiences. Like we could have barely different experiences, but both feel isolated in that different experience. Um, both feel um, a lot of different things come up in circumstances. And so as Don and I worked previously together in a very different setting that had nothing no to do with health. Um, <laughs> yes. And so that is where we got connected. And the more that we met and talked, we knew that what we wanted and the impact that we wanted to have and the connections that we wanted to have in our work is, was not really able to, that was not happening in the work that we were doing before. And so it was the conversations that we were having outside that we knew that there was a need and that it could be greater than what we were doing in the work. And so Donna, it was, I would, I will also thank COVID for this. Um, <laughs> Donna actually reached out. I, she was my supervisor. <laughs> and so That's I this for all of this stuff, <laughs> but she actually came to me and said, Hey, Kelsey, would you be interested in going out in private practice with me? And it surprised me. It took me off guard, but I was also so honored and excited about the opportunity. And then that's when the, the real questions of like, okay, what does this look like? What does, what is it that we want to like focus on? We want to have a focus, yeah. uh, the work and it be really meaningful and maybe what we needed, like the things that we needed that we didn't have navigating mental health and maternal mental health and career challenges and relationship challenges, the things that we wish we had and that we, our girlfriends and our parents and our family also seeks and says like, I didn't have this, or I'm missing this, or what do I do about this? We're like, we have the skills <laughs> to make this happen. And that's where lived experience paired with professional experience that was brought the counseling go. Yeah. We lined up in our values. And mm -hmm. I think it all, I mean, for me, it really came back down to my conversation about, am I, I'm, I'm telling people what to do. I'm, I'm coaching them and mentoring them in the setting I was in before, but am I living it out? And so it just didn't feel, there was a little bit of, of friction there mm -hmm. internally. And so I, I family that's been the consistent across my entire career. And so am I going to continue to walk this walk and not honor what, what I'm telling other people and I feel inside. So that was the yeah. shift and COVID definitely the extra <laughs> shove right over the line for sure, but willing to take the risk, even in the unknown, because it felt more authentic to do this work in a setting where we would make a bigger impact, not only for other women, but it would translate into our own lives. So and Donna's the risk taker. I'm not. So I needed her to be like, Kelsey, we're going to do this. <laughs> There's always two sides. Cause like, um, in our clinic, like I'm the visionary and Morgan is the person who gets the things done. 
She's the, the doer. Yes. yes. And okay. I'm the like, oh, wouldn't this be a great idea? We should connect yeah. with this person. We should hold this event. And she's more of the like, hold, slow it down, sister. Like, this is where we need to focus. Both like, are so necessary. Yes, they are. Yeah. Cause you think like what you guys have would not have been or be what it is today had you not have both of your passions behind you and visions of, you know, right. creating it. Yes. Absolutely believe in that. Yes. Both are moms. Yes. How many kids, Donna, do you have? I have three. Three boys, mm-hmm. girls. I have one boy and two girls. One boy and two girls. And how yep. old are they? Um, old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have two adult daughters and I have a son that is 14. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. See, you've yeah. got all the lived experiences that a lot of like me, I'm like, what's the next stage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. She Kelsey. helped me because yes. I have young ones. I have a three-year-old boy and a nine-month-old girl. Oh so goodness. still really in like the postpartum living through that. Yes. So feel very connected to the work that I'm doing right now. Amazing. And we, I think we're truly put on this earth with, I guess I call them gifts, like gifts like this, that ha- things that happen to us that then we can help other people with. And I think, see that in both of you, that you guys are living that every day. It's incredible. Um, with your skills and what you guys do, what do you wish that every mom knew more about during their motherhood? And maybe that's a broad, maybe we should start with like pregnancy. Well, and I, I actually love this question because we all want to know, like be prepared. I think that idea of like, if I'm prepared, then I can do it right. Or I can know what to expect. And I can like avoid all of the discomfort that comes with change and adjustment and what's unexpected. And so even if I were to list like every single thing off of like, this is what to expect and, you know, prepare for your first bowel movement after and like, all <laughs> those things. like, I know you can relate to that. Um, but preparing for all those things, there's still going to be something that's unexpected that throws us a curveball that the other person didn't experience. And so with that, I very good point think that we all like, we can relate to that. Even when we have really different experiences and really different circumstances and there's different severity and there's birth trauma and there's joy. And then there's disconnection. Like what seems like very different. I think there's a lot that we can relate to in terms of similar, like empathizing with how that feels and navigating something that's very unexpected that you, if you are feeling really connected to your baby or not connected to your baby or feeling really supported or not supported, like there are other women that are feeling that exact same way. And it can be hard when we see social media or we see glimpses and that it feels really alone and isolating. Um, a lot of women are feeling like that. And so really, I think the biggest thing is if you are feeling like this isn't what you expected or you're not doing enough or you're not alone, those things, or you are alone. What I would say is you're not alone in those feelings and that it's okay to express that and reach out. And it is just a really challenging time that we can't avoid that discomfort that comes with that. And I wish it were, I wish I could say the right thing to like make it an easier transition, but sometimes it's nice to say like, it is not an easy transition and you're not going to enjoy every moment and not everything is going to be bliss and perfect. There are going to be those moments. I want to give you that, like there's beautiful, wonderful moments and there's really, really hard moments. And so giving yourself the grace to feel and acknowledge what you're feeling and say like, it's okay that I'm feeling like this. It's okay that 
I don't love this. It's okay that I do love it. It's okay that somebody else's experience is different and giving yourself grace and compassion for what it is versus how you think it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But also what I will say later is like, if you are true, like if there's a diagnosis for anxiety, depression, it also, that can be, it is treatable. It can be addressed. You don't have to feel that way either. But first we have to acknowledge that like, it makes sense why you do feel that way as well. So that's like a roundabout answer because I don't ha- I don't think there's like a specific thing that I can say, but all of I that. I think that's is- a beautiful answer. Okay, good. I do. I, that's, like, that's just like my honest, like motherhood's freaking hard. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, good gosh, I can't even imagine what it's like going through it right now in the thick of the last two years. And us with patients, we see, I would say, there's definitely more, um, I don't want to say fear, but guilt, fear, a lot more negative emotions, maybe around motherhood and parenthood with everything else that's happened with the pandemic where we, we've all noticed that within the clinic and like, okay, we need to go talk to so-and-so or here's a card for so-and-so. Um, they do virtual sessions, go see them in person because it it's, I, I should, I know like before the pandemic needed somebody to talk to, but it wasn't a thing. We didn't talk about it. We just thought like I needed to be super mom and these are normal things. And I have to balance all these kids and a traveling husband and a business. And knowing that, like, had you guys been around back in 2013, 15 and 17, my life might've been a little different in those days of me just like crying in the pantry. So it it would have been really nice. So I, I love that this is something that is definitely more talked about in society. And then that you guys have something for for our patients like that. Yeah. It speaks to the resources and we've had lots of conversations. There's so many resources and we're having so many of these conversations, just putting it out there for people to have the conversation for women, not only women, but their family members. Mm -hmm. So we're having conversations and it's part of the discussions that we're having. And so lots of resources. And so you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all of it. I think one thing um, that we talked about for me, the summary is you don't have to know everything. And that's just it. Because when I had my kids, it's a different time. Just what you're speaking about. Yeah. Talk about isolating. I mean, I didn't have everything shoved in my face, but I also, I mean, I didn't know we didn't have what it, what was a postpartum plan. And I think that's a lot of the work that we do with um, expecting moms is, you know, that plan of, you know, what do you want? I mean, no one has sat and had that conversation with them about what are your expectations? What do you think your role is? What do you think your partner's role is? You know, what do you want it to look like? There's all this planning up and to, and then what happens after the baby is here? What, what does that look like? What do you want? And including partners in that conversation and empowering women to be able to go out and have the tools to do that. And we're, we're working on those with them. And I'm thinking, goodness gracious, if I had had that in my life, I would, I mean, again, we have to pivot, but I would have had some sense of where am I going here? What do I need to think Mm -hmm. about? Because I'm sleep deprived. I, everything's moving and shifting and I, you know, all the things you're like, I'm surviving. <laughs> I'm getting to the finish line. That's where yes. I'm trying to go. <laughs> so yeah, just a lot of, of changes over the years. And the biggest part of them being that you don't, all of it's out there and we're, we are talking to each other and we're making it available and we are, yeah, you're seeing things that we're seeing and we are just making sure people are getting connected. And I think that's a big thing that we pride ourselves on is that we don't serve everyone, even in the mental health capacity, 
but we know, we know other really good providers that we don't have to do all of it. We, there's plenty of ways to serve women. And so no matter what that area is, we, we get them connected. It doesn't matter if you decide you want to be a client here or somewhere else. We don't want women to fall through the gap anymore. That's a big deal for us in terms of mental health and every other service that is in that wellness wheel, basically. Amazing. What can you tell our crew about anxiety and depression? Cause this is a big, I feel like this has popped up over the last maybe five years. I feel like we've been talking about it more. Um, does every client that comes into the clinic or calls the clinic feel like they have it? What are some ways that people can kind of cipher through and figure out like, when do I need help versus not, I guess. Yeah. And I can let Donna speak to like general anxiety and depression, and then I'll speak a little bit, um, specific to like kind of that perinatal period perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. So I'll let Donna speak to general, because we do see both. We, we have clients who are in the perinatal period and stages. And then we have clients who are not in relationships, do not have kids. Like, so we definitely see more than just the perinatal stages. Yeah. Yeah. The lifespan. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it is, I think one thing about when we talk about anxiety in general, I'm going to say anxiety, not anxiety disorders, because we all have, you know, times where situational. Um, and so it, it might just be a normal response to life events for sure. And so, but what I would say is there about one in four women are reporting to the level of an anxiety disorder. So it's, it's, it's more common than one would say that's higher than I was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what they're reporting. Now, again, I think that the data is a little bit reported. Yeah. So under women and then also for our counterparts, so males may not be reporting as much. So that's that's the data we have. So I I don't know that that's exact, but that's kind of where we're sitting. And so that is a good number of some of the clients that we're working with. But um, with that, we are just, we are twice as likely as, as males to have expression of anxious mood. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. It's the way our brains work. Um, and so what that's, that's what we do now. And so, um, we do see, it doesn't have to necessarily meet the threshold of an anxiety disorder. We are working with lots of clients, lots of women that are going through just adjustments, different transitions in their life, and they're trying to sort it out. So there's not a one answer of when should they, if you don't know, ask us ask a friend, ask any of these supports that you are networked into. And we get those questions all the time. We're doing consults. We're answering questions by email just to say, Hey, what do you have to offer? How could you help? And so it's, it's really women getting really informed about how they can ask and just say, I'm not sure. And they're just considering it. And that is just like a whole different world than five years ago, 10 years ago. And so we're smart consumers about all things, but now it's our, our health. And I, and I really love that. And we're available. Like, I don't remember a time in private practice before where we just took phone calls and said, Hey, what's going on for you? Let me walk through this with you and see what the best resources are. So we know it's, it's really prevalent, but it's also so treatable. Anxiety is treatable. And so it's a bulk of the work that we do here, I would say. Um, Yeah. Anxiety and depression. Yeah. Yeah. Together. Um, And that, so that being, I'll go jump in with the perinatal stages and like postpartum anxiety and depression. We often 
when we think about postpartum, we're thinking like after baby is here. Um, but that's not postpartum would be like from, or sorry, perinatal is from conception through one year postpartum, um, or after delivery. So one year after delivery. Um, and so when we're looking at that stages, we, women are in a higher, like we're in increased risk for anxiety and depression or mood disorders because of all of the changes that are happening in our hormones. We have lactation onset. We have the weaning of lactation, which impacts our hormones. We have a menstrual cycle starting back up again. I mean, all of these things are impacting our mood and our anxiety and the levels at which we can function. And so when we talk to women, we tell them like, it makes sense why you're feeling this way. You are not going crazy. This is a common thing that's happening and you don't have to feel this way. It can be different. Yeah. But we want you to know that this is incredibly common and other women are experiencing this too. It's because our bodies are changing. Our brain changes when we deliver a baby and that there's a, there's images, functional memories are saying like women's brains are changing after delivering a baby. So if you feel different, it makes sense why you feel different, which can be so validating to yes. know like, I feel different and it makes sense why I feel different. Um, so the other thing that I was caught off guard, um, even in this field, um, because I, I wasn't in like this education on perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, um, with my first was like those postpartum blues and, um, though that two week period, I'm like, I am crying constantly and I'm happy, but I'm so confused on why I'm so emotional. Um, that 60 to 80% of women experience postpartum blues, baby blues is what they call them. And so that it peaks three to five days and then goes into two weeks. If we're going beyond two weeks, we are looking more at a mood or anxiety disorder, but those first two weeks, if you're overall, if you're like still like self-esteem is the same, everything seems to be pretty, obviously it's a huge adjustment. Um, so a lot can be going on, but if that increased emotional state is happening in those two weeks, but then goes down after, um, very common, very common for that to happen. If it persists and it like that peak of like that three month postpartum, definitely reach out because if you are experiencing symptoms, if it's, I just don't feel like myself, I'm having a lot of fears and worries about my baby's health, my health, having a lot of intrusive thoughts of something happening to my baby that is common after, um, post and, and the postpartum stages, irritability, agitation, those things that are happening. I'm not as social as I once was. I'm not reaching out and asking for support and finding it difficult to get out of bed, to take care of myself. If those things are happening, we want you to reach out because it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I love the language that you all use too, of like, people say like, you pee your pants and that's normal. And this is not normal. Like, yes, it's common, but that can be different. It doesn't have to be that way. That is very similar with the work that we do. And we try to educate women on that. Um, and so I love your all, like your message on that all the time, because it's like common language that then we're like, oh, this is just what happens. And I'm just anxious and I'm just having all of these fears and yes, that is happening. And you're not alone in that. And it does not have to be like that. It is treatable. And we want you to know that you're not alone. You can ask for help and we're here to make that different. All right, guys, you heard that. So if you're feeling any <laughs> of the things that you said, please reach out um, because there is help and you don't have to continue to feel that for such a long time. Um, as you were talking, I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, I felt that with this kid and with this kid, I felt this and whew. Yeah. It gets you going down a rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the postpartum anxiety stuff. What do you guys see with the depression? How prevalent is that um, anxiety? I kind of want to say in my head, it's got to be probably, you said one in four, but I wonder if it's kind of like women's health issues where it's more like 
one and two, you know, across the lifespan that they're going to experience it at some point with the anxiety piece. Yeah. So they kind of like, so that perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, one in five to seven women experience a mood or anxiety disorder that they kind of lump that together. I would mood disorders are actually more common. So that depression is more common postpartum than anxiety, uh, more prevalent that we see. And it's probably because it's been talked about more too. Um, postpartum depression is much more common to hear than postpartum anxiety. Even Mm -hmm. Yes. I would Um, agree with that. Yeah. So that's something that we are looking at the numbers. The other thing that I do want to know is, um, it's one in 10 men experience postpartum depression. And it's true for partners to experience um, the same, like it can also show up in a partner. It's a huge adjustment for the partner just as much as it is for the birthing person. And so that is something that is not talked about a lot and can also feel really isolating for the partner, but that does impact support and what that looks like for the birthing person and care for the child. So that can also be happening. And um, we, obviously specialize in women's health, but that's something that we're talking about with our clients and supporting their partner as well in navigating this postpartum. I feel um, like I, I, I mean, my youngest is four, but I feel like I want to go home and ask my husband that because postpartum, I was so centered on myself and the baby or myself and the other kids. Not once, and this, I feel terrible admitting this, but not once did I ask him, like, how are you feeling with not having me at, you know, a hundred percent of the time or our conversations happening? We so often think of us and, oh my gosh, at six weeks, they're going to want to connect again. Or if I don't, is that going to, you know, lead to other frustrations in the marriage that you don't even think of that happening after birth where their world's completely rocked too. That's, that's amazing. I I'm really going to have to talk to my hubby about that. Yeah. And I'm interested. I feel bad. (laughs) Part two. I think it's so hard when we had such a big adjustment for us. Like we are almost in survival mode, like to be thinking about like, how do I get through this? How do I manage this? And I care about my partner and I care about how they're doing, but it's so hard to have the capacity when you're caring for yourself and caring for, if you're seeing your youngest sleep deprived children too, and then somebody else. And so that is where the postpartum plan comes into play of like, how can, what are both of our needs? How can we support? support each other and then continually address this in postpartum to have really intentional conversations about this because it's things that we aren't thinking about that do impact all of us but we go into a survival stage where it's it can be hard to even have the capacity to ask somebody else like how are you doing because that is a season it has to be a season right of like receiving and like that's yeah. hard for us as moms and we're and it, even in the moment, it's like, how am I receiving when I'm constantly feel like I'm giving, and giving like, right. you know, all these things, but to really allow yourself to receive too. So there's like a lot of dynamics that we're talking about in this. And so that's the importance of sitting down and really supporting women of what does this look like for you? In what ways can you be supported? What are some barriers, potential barriers of your partner supporting you and bringing the partner into this conversation is crucial but I also like, didn't think about these things. I think you're not, I mean, I know that you're not alone in that of like, and our partners, not all, I would say a lot of them that I hear is like, I want to do anything to support you, but I feel helpless. I don't feel like I can do all the things that you're doing. And so there's like so many different dynamics that we could talk for hours. I say you guys are going to, you guys are probably saving so many relationships right now with doing this because you do think of that miscommunication and yeah, I didn't, I remember multiple, I don't know with which kid, but like having to write everything down and be like, okay, this is where I feel like we are not like, this is all that I do, or I feel like I do during the day. 
This is what I feel like you do. You take out the trash. So I'm going to need help on understanding what you feel like I do. Like we had to have these discussions all the time. It would have been way nicer to have thought about this before you are in the thick of it, you know? For the prime, like your the mental load, you're carrying that of like all these things we have to be doing and thinking about this and do we need more of this and more of that and feeding times and sleep times and all the schedules um, that if we don't communicate that, Mm -hmm. then it does fall on us or the primary parent. It's not always, it's not always the moment. I don't want to make that assumption, but um, yes, it's definitely that mental load. And then how do we communicate that of, I need help in these areas. You're reflecting on it. And I think this is the conversation we've had over and over again, where we've had moms that are expecting now, like we are having these conversations. I had one last week Mm -hmm. where they've already had one or two children and they've never done a postpartum plan. Mm -hmm. And it just opens a whole new world for them because they can then go back and include their partner in ways that they hadn't. And the words like resentment, words Mm -hmm. like frustration, annoyance, all that comes up. But there's all, again, a lot of hope around that because they yeah. did it differently the last time, but they have the ability, it's within their control to do it differently this time, at least oh, another plan. Yes. So, a completely night and day difference for them. I think with their delivery and postpartum recovery, it has yeah. to be, it's yeah. making me want another kid and it's <laughs> not going to happen, but it's giving me baby fever. Like, Ooh, what if we did try that again? Differently, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you guys for that. I, that truly just blows my mind and what a wonderful opportunity to be there for anybody who's expecting right now. We love this work so much. So anyone who is interested in, and even after, right? Like in stages of like, how do I improve my relationship? We love that work too. Improved communication can happen. Even if your kiddos are, you know, five, seven, 10, 11, 12, like whenever, wherever they are, um, improved communication is always something that Mm-hmm. We can work on it now. I think as we're constantly changing and evolving throughout our lifespan, like it's needed at all different parts, whether it's a job change with a spouse or kids moving from into kindergarten or out of elementary school into middle school. Like those are all big changes for parents that right. the communication is going to have to be there no matter what. We love communication between partners when we get into our public pain side of things, pain with sex. Like communication is one of the biggest things we promote. Um, so actually having you guys there as well. This is guys, this is why we like teams. Not one of us can only improve your life. Right. Um, so one thing we'd like to ask everybody who comes on is what is something you are learning, doing, or teaching at this time? And you can answer all three, or you can answer one. Well, I, I think she tipped our hat a little bit saying we're doing a postpartum group starting in April. So very excited about that. And, um, community is huge. Yes. Yes. The need was there. I mean, we were getting lots and lots of inquiries about it and just needing more services outside of just doing the individual work. Um, it's a good complement to each other, but it's also something that's needed as a standalone. And so, Yeah, we, we've been working on it for a while. And so April will be the launch. And then we are really hoping to launch a second group because there's such a need into the summer months. And so, yeah, we'll be sending out, I think we just kind of did a poll on what would work for um, our audience and when would you like to see it? And then we're going to do that again, because there's a lot of things pulling on, on mamas, right? So we need to offer different times and formats to, to meet their needs. So will this be virtually or in person or both? 
this is going to be virtually awesome. um, the first one Friday mornings, nine to 10 30. Central time. Yes. Central time. All of the, um, details are on our website and then also you all can reach out to us directly to ask information, but yeah, I think it starts the second, not next Friday, but the following Friday in April. We'll make sure that's in our show notes. So if you guys are listening, check out the show notes for their link into, into that group for Fridays from nine to 10 30 central time. And yeah. do they need to sign up ahead of time for that? Yes. Sign up ahead of time. We will set up a phone call just to ask a few questions, get to know you a little bit prior to the group, make sure it's a good fit for you and what you're looking for, what to expect in it. But yeah, we're excited to meet with moms and really talk about all of these things and in community to know like, yes, okay. Other women are experiencing this too. <laughs> yes. So that's one. I'm going to share more. You said it's open. So we're going to share more. I just, I, <laughs> I mentioned the wake up wind down. We may do that program again in the future. And then our staff is either in the process or completed their perinatal anxiety and mood disorder um, certification. So Amazing. we are all working towards that. We're trying to keep up with the training along with bringing on new staff. So we're just yeah. trying to balance all of that, but we are all um, either completed or working or in the middle of that process. Um, and then we're hoping to put together for another population because we do serve women across the lifespan in different stages, but we're planning to put together a group about relationships and dating, um, a workshop um, for the summer. So that very we'll cool come on that. We don't have a lot of details because we're just kind of putting it together and doing planning stages right now. I love this. You guys have so many moving parts. Yeah. You're As hitting so too. many different populations too. Like this yeah. is really neat to watch. Yeah. Incredible. You know, having all the pieces come together and being able to watch other people. We love watching all the things that you're doing and oh, like that, the work connects. And yes. we are in a population in a community with like-minded women and women that really value wellness and support. So we just love these conversations. So thanks again for having us. Yeah. We love being your cheerleaders as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank over you. Here yeah. for you. Thank you. Tell our followers where they can find you on your social media networks and then your website one more time. Yeah. So we are on Instagram. The council at the counseling co is our handle. And what was your other question? I'm forgetting. What, um, are, do you guys have TikTok? We, we don't, we're not there <laughs> yet. On TikTok. We need to, I actually think we have a TikTok, but we only upload everything to it's private. I think I don't think anyone <laughs> We need to really talk outside of here. We'll switch it to a business where we can just talk to each other. We need need some like encouragement for TikTok. Your videos would blow up on TikTok as well. Okay. Well, maybe you're okay. Thank you. Yes. That's what we need. We need some encouragement to get someone that's in, you know, again, we come from a very, like our training is really traditional and, you know, a lot of fear-based things going on, right? We really stepped out. We really felt like we pushed ourselves, but I think you can take us. You're normalizing it. Yes. 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 That's what needs to be out there. So we're going to, we're going to make their handle the same as Instagram guys or something close to that. Look out for a new TikTok (laughs) handle from the counseling co. (laughs) And then their website is, is it counselingco.com? Counselingco.com. Perfect. 
Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. We have a do a ton of in-person. So I did want to mention we're on the Kansas side. So we're licensed to provide therapy in person um, or via telehealth in Kansas. So I just want to kind of make that clear just because it gets a little weird. I mean, we're all one team. We're all chiefs. We're all royals. We're all barbecue. But it gets a little weird, you know, with licensure things. So we just want to make sure people knew we're located downtown Olathe. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Pelvic Posse, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again. And make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.